0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of your favorite homegrown podcast, Crooked Crime Sisters. My name is Taylor, and today we're having technical issues, so my sister Tristan will join us shortly. If you're new here, hi, nice to meet you. If not, then hey, Welcome to the re-release of our first original episode, which was the case of Kiplin, Kinkle, and the shooting at Thurston High School. We're here yet again for a couple reasons. Number one being, wow, guys, our first episode was rough. Like, real rough, wasn't it? Please don't go back and re-listen to it because, seriously, just don't. This is kind of like why we felt like, hey, we should probably give this another go. Secondly, I'll try to just tread lightly and not point fingers, but totally point fingers at Tristan and say, she told me that I was way too detailed in the OG script. So a lot of it was just like winging it. And guys, everybody's here for the details. That's what everybody wants. So yeah, we needed to come back and kind of like re-go through everything so you could get the most out of it. And thirdly, since... (sighs) We have recorded this episode. Uh, We actually published it back in February of 2021, and Kip hadn't spoken to the press since his initial arrest. However, in June of 2021, Kip spoke to the media for the first time in years, so we get to come back and talk about that. But before we get started, here is my sick intro. We are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way, and we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk. So with that, let's get started. And again, because we had technical issues with this, you do not get your disclaimer from Tristan. You actually get it from me. So today's case covers murder, school shootings, and mental health disorders. And with that, let's get started. So Kiplin Philip Kinkle. Wow. I mean, I'd say he's probably one of the most notorious names um, in the crimes That take place from folks here in oregon however unless you're like a crime enthusiast like we are most people actually like haven't heard of him which i feel like is kind of weird because like for some on one hand i feel like everybody knows his name but on the other hand i feel like nobody knows his name it's weird like obviously if you know then you know but a lot of people have no idea so when they hear like the full story
1: it's kind of shocking because it's more than just the shooting that took place right Agreed. I mean, I remember when we first started talking about doing this podcast, AKA, this is why this is the first episode. I yeah. this is I saw him, not a spoiler alert, a spoiler alert, I don't know, but he was trying to appeal something and that's how I like came across him and I was like, who is this man? Like what? And then I looked into it and I was like, what? So I yeah. personally really didn't know anything about it until I came across of it last year
0: yeah and it's crazy because you if you do hear his name a lot of times people just know his name synonymously with the shooting but that's where i'm saying like it's more than that so alas here we are and we're gonna like we said start from the beginning so let's go um kip was born in 1982 to his parents william and faith his dad went by the name bill And they had been married since 1972, and Kip had an older sister who was born in 1976. Uh, The family was middle class, if not, in my opinion, upper middle class, due to the fact that they had the ability to live abroad for a year in Spain
1: on a sabbatical.
0: And I don't know, I just feel like people who have the ability to do that, they're not just normal middle class people. I was about to
1: say, did Lizzie McGuire go to Spain? <laughs> I think she did. I think she did too. This is what James. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they were both Spanish teachers who worked locally in the Springfield area with one of them, like the husband was at one school and the wife was at the other high school. And they lived in a pretty modest A-frame home along the McKinsey River, like outside of town. So the reason I mention it is because it it does matter into the case a little bit more so just put that
1: in your back pocket a lot of things matter where you live matter
0: things yes
1: wait wait what was his birthday we do not know his astrolog whatever astrology his astrology sign august 30th uh leo no it's the other one after leo is it libra i don't know no, he's a Virgo. Oh, a Virgo. I don't know what that I means.
0: don't know why it matters.
1: <laughs> That's what he is.
0: Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so from outside, it looked like the Kinkle family kind of had it all. They were a symmetrical family, one boy, one girl. Parents were teachers. They were super active in the community, had lots of friends. Like I said, they lived abroad for a year. So I'd say they were pretty much like living a typical American dream as this like white family in Oregon. Now, uh, Kip, his sister, her name was Kristen, and she was smart. She was funny. She was popular. She's blonde hair, blue eyed, pretty girl. I don't know if she had blue eyes, but I know she was blonde. Um, And she seemed to kind of like be the golden child of their family, at least in my eyes. um, There is like some home video footage that you can see. And it's like the dad is like, do it again, Kristen. And she's like doing cartwheels in the grass or whatever. And then it like pans over to Kip and he's just like standing there like moping. I don't know. He kind of he kind of looks like more of like the he he really did like fit like the 90s grunge teen. Like he was definitely listening to Kurt Cobain. We all need one of those in the family. Yeah. And I'd say he was probably more of like a black sheep. So according to the siblings, though, and to other people who knew like Kristen and Kip, they were pretty close. Like even though they had they did have these personas of like Kristen was the golden good kid and Kip was kind of like the not so great kid. It never, it didn't mean that they like didn't love each other. So like they had a good relationship and it it seems like his sister has always like been his biggest fan despite all the struggles that he's had. So speaking of struggles, uh, those actually seem to start as early as age six when Kip's family lived in Spain. He was actually placed in a Spanish speaking classroom and for lack of a better way to describe it, he basically like failed to adapt. By the time he returned to school in the States, his problems like academically seemed to only increase rather than decrease. And thus the tension between like Kip
1: and his parents kind of started to develop. See, that sucks. I mean, I don't know. I know kids when they're younger, like it's the best time to teach a kid a language. Yeah. And like, I feel like that would be like prime time. But if you think about it, That would be so hard, especially if you also think about, you know, how Kip's a little odd, aren't we all, but whatever. That's like a six years old. That's like when you learn like to make friends and share and, you know, do like super important social skills. And like imagine trying to learn that in a Spanish speaking classroom where you don't even speak the language. You have no idea what anyone's talking about.
0: So it was already kind of like overcomplicated. So, Yeah. Um, and because, like, his parents were hyper aware of him and his schooling, they tried, like, their best to, like, give him, like, services that they had av- available at the time. So, he repeated the first grade, and then by, like, second, third grade, he was sincerely struggling, like, with his motor skills. Yet, he seemed to be, like, highly intelligent, which to me, I kind of, like, looked it up, but then I had, like, a feeling just in the school And working with kids and stuff. I feel like he had ADHD. Like, I feel like he had, like, the telltale signs of ADHD. But, like, I'm not a professional, so at the end of the day, like, who cares what I think. But by the end of elementary school, he ends up being in both special education and TAG, which is just kind of interesting to me. But his teachers... Did not know that was possible, honestly. Right? (laughs) That's what I was thinking, too. But his teachers said that, like, they never had any issues with him, like, emotionally or, like, um, behavior-wise. But, like, the only time he would really get upset is when he couldn't accomplish, like, his schoolwork on his own. So, it wasn't like he would lash out and be upset towards other people. It was mostly, like, towards himself. Hmm. So, but that, to me, just kind of sounds sad. Like he knew he was capable of doing something and he could do it, but then would struggle to do it and then get frustrated with himself because he wasn't able to do it as well or as fast as everybody else was.
1: Well, yeah. And then you like have only yourself to blame. That is the worst. That's why I hate making decisions. Make other people make (laughs) my decisions and have (laughs) someone to blame when it doesn't end up good. But if I make my own decision, like. Screwed. Exactly. Is the absolute worst. So
0: and I also like it's I don't know if it's a solid factor in anything but it kind of sounds like kip felt as though his parents had these high expectations for him especially because it was like he was probably living in the shadow of his sister but it's not really clear as to whether or not those were real expectations that were there or if that's just the way kip interpreted it
1: you know i mean it could be a little bit of both but from my knowledge of kip and his high expectations with himself you know what I mean he's yeah feeling like he can't accomplish certain things I feel like a lot of it was just his um perception like in his head yeah like in your
0: in your own mind like it's he you're your biggest enemy buddy yeah. yeah exactly which which again you have to think like as an elementary student like that sounds sad that sounds that sounds sad as to look at a child and feel like see that they were struggling that way and there wasn't he couldn't get the right help, I guess is what it seems like to me. Yeah. Kip hits middle school and then things changed. Um, And the way that they just do, you know, with kids like hitting puberty, but Kristen, his sister, she was out of the house at that point. She was actually in college Whether or not it's a coincidence, once she transferred from U of O, which is obviously in Eugene, to Hawaii Pacific, Kip started hanging out, like, with a different crowd and started doing different things that he hadn't done before. And the reason I say, like, was it, was his sister the one who kind of, like, held him down and kept him accountable to himself and kept him, like, hey, you're a good kid, keep being a good kid type thing? Who knows? Or if it just, that's how it happened. I don't know. But he ended up doing stuff like ordering books on how to make bombs and then he would have them sent to his home or his school library like he got in trouble for like ordering books and sent them to his middle school library which I'm like how the frick did you manage
1: that dude like honestly I I I literally flipped out in the first episode over this because why is that possible and why right? did you send it to your school.
0: Well, and that's the thing that I'm kind of thinking, too, because part of me wants to be like, okay, Kip, you're really smart. Like, if you were able to figure that out, you obviously have to be intelligent, to which that's why I also think he had more of, like, ADHD. I don't think that he was, like, special needs and, like, mentally retarded in that way. I think he just had, I don't know, ADHD issues, I guess. Then... Kip ends up becoming, like, super interested in guns and bombs, and he actually gets caught stealing from the local Target with his friends. He actually stole, like, a CD. Er- which I'm like, yeah, 90s. So, his parents are becoming overwhelmed with his behavior, and I know it was in this era where mental health oftentimes either went underdiagnosed or was severely looked at or looked over, and so... People wouldn't, people didn't want the stigma of anything. So they wouldn't get resources or get the help that they needed because they felt like, you know, people would think less of you if your family, you know, in that way, which is just stupid.
1: Well, and then I feel like also it is really important to realize too, this is what the early 90s? Yeah. So like you mentioned before, Kurt Cobain, blah, blah, blah. This was like the vibe. Everyone was like, either you're like, you know, super pop star 90s person. I don't know how. Or you're like, I listen to Nirvana and Green Day and I like to wear dark <laughs> yeah. clothes and look sad because that's what they do. Like, I just feel like for most parents, you'd be like, okay, weird phase you're going through like you're not actually upset that's just like what you everyone else looks like that's what everyone else is yeah. doing so you're just exactly. kind of with the crowd I feel like back then no one like you said it wasn't like super talked about super whatever but it also wasn't super alarming either people are just like oh that's just the phase that everyone's going through no that's
0: true so I think it's really interesting because like we're talking about, like it wasn't uncommon for kids to go through phases like this. But at the same time, I think it was really easy to not be aware of mental health issues, of people having mental health issues. Like people, like you say, it would be like a phase. So parents wouldn't realize, oh, hey, this is actually an issue that we need to help them cope with because it just looked like oh this is just a phase it's gonna pass through
1: like you get what i'm saying that's what i would think honestly i'd be like okay whatever weirdo wearing dark clothes being stupid with your friends you know what i mean like like not the saying but boys will be boys go steal you steal a cd from target like i mean all i could do is low-key laugh at that if i could do that (laughs) i'd be like out of all the things to steal like okay but you know dumb stuff like that but yeah but then again if you do think about it these are just like the the early signs
0: they are and that's the thing that's hard is like how can you how are we able to differentiate like when it's an actual serious mental illness and when it's just you know nature type thing and so um the next thing that we're going to talk about that wasn't included in the first time that we recorded this episode is I was very skeptical because they did talk about mental health stuff, but there wasn't really a lot of information out there to corroborate that he actually had mental health issues. However, in this new interview that came out, they were able to pull information from the actual like trials and things like that. And so it kind of opened my eyes personally to some of the struggles that he was probably facing. And that, unfortunately for Kip, this was, like, the starting of red flags for his family. But I don't know if they were aware of it or maybe they were aware of it, but they didn't want to, like, admit that it was happening to them because, like I said, the whole, like, stigma thing. So in the interview that was conducted in 2021, Kip himself claims that it was at age 12 that he first began to hear, quote-unquote, voices in his head. And I quote, he recalled getting off the school bus, walking up the driveway, and hearing a voice say, you need to kill everyone, everyone in this world, end quote. He then goes on to say he was super disturbed by the voice, and that there ended up being like two more voices, and totaling in three altogether. And another quote says, all of them male, they had a hierarchy, and Kinkle could tell them apart. They sometimes argued with another, and they often worked together to, I don't, denigrate and manipulate Kinkle. They spoke about him as if they couldn't hear him, as if he couldn't hear them, and everything that they said was ugly, negative, and violent. All right. And as I said from that point on, he pretty much became obsessed with guns, with weapons, like any type of warfare, knives, explosives, you name it, to which on one hand, could be super disturbing, and I don't know, maybe like a breadcrumb of what is to come. Or honestly, it could just mean he's like any other preteen boy who has an obsession that maybe might one day lead to a military career. So take your pick. Like, and you were kind of talking about it earlier like, is it just a phase type of thing, or is something really wrong? And it's really hard to, it's a really great area to sit here and say a definitive which way it was, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. All right, so then an incident took place in Bend in January of 1997. Um, Kip and his friend came over the mountain to go for, like, the snowboarding clinic when he was actually arrested for throwing rocks over an overpass. Now, one of these rocks ended up hitting a car, so an officer caught Kip's friend, who then led them back to the motel where Kip was staying, instantly kip start crying and he's asking if anyone's hurt and he claims that the friend was the one who threw the rock that hit the car um but both of them are taken into custody and this is like almost at midnight they call his parents who then drive over the
1: same night to come pick him up yikes (sighs) i have so many one big question but i cannot ask it (laughs) crappy friend
0: well, as most parents, <laughs> yeah, like as most parents would have concern, Kip's parents were pretty freaked out, especially his mom. And she kind of worried that he was in danger to others and to himself. So she sent him to a therapist shortly after the incident in Bend. Now, his mother also mentioned that um, to the therapist that he had like a strange relationship with his dad. And then the therapist noticed that it seemed to be like a pretty sensitive subject And, like, when Kip was asked, like, what his parents thought of him, he responded and believed that his mom thought of him as a good kid who had bad habits, whereas he thought his dad was – his dad thought of him as a bad kid with bad habits. So in his own, like, fear and paranoia, he made sure to, like, never mention the voices in his head to his therapist. In the recollection of his past in the newest interview – he said that he always made sure to keep it a secret in fear that people would label him a retard he also said his dad was extremely skeptical of mental health calling them quacks like, quacks chiropractors. like chiropractors
1: is that like a quote yeah like, his dad like his he said i his mean dad that's a broken that. quote
0: but yeah basically his dad said that like Going to therapy was like going to see a chiropractor. It's just a money dude. Anytime anyone kind of thinks of a chiropractor,
1: they're like ah, they're just quacks. <laughs> that is so funny, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I mean, but it, it just okay to me. It seems like because they're both teachers, and I had some friends in high school, and their parents were teachers. They just seem very like they're earthy, Spanish teachers, aren't they too? Like uh, we out of all people.
1: That. Yeah, no, yeah. they're like literally like we're gonna go climb Machu Picchu, like. See ya.
0: <laughs> exactly. And we're gonna be vegan and only do these things. So I don't know. It's just I don't know if it matters, but it, it kind well, of Well, yeah, and so. that
1: sucks that he had such a big fear. And I think it's really interesting that he quotes that he has bad habits. So I don't I don't understand what exactly his habits were. I mean, throwing rocks at cars is a weird habit, but I didn't realize you did it often, Kip. <laughs> um you know what i mean like i didn't what bad habits he had i mean i guess stealing a cd like i don't know maybe i wonder what caught him to say that i just think it's interesting um especially he's in middle school
0: yeah he would have been like i think he's like seventh or eighth grade
1: at that point see i don't know what middle schooler would say like oh i have bad habits so i feel like that's something someone told him coerced yeah yeah interesting
0: well, and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that because I thought it was super interesting to find out that Kip's mom actually attended every single therapist session. Oh, gosh. To which I'm like, uh, your boy's like in middle school, almost in high school. I feel like he's old enough to handle himself. So to me, it feels like he probably wasn't able to really open up to his therapist at all because his mom uh, was no. just like sitting there the whole entire time. And I mean, I've taken my kids to therapy sessions and stuff like that. And like, obviously at the first one, your kid's nervous and they don't know who this person is. So it's okay to like sit in or, you know, if your kids ask you to be there, but like, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. And
1: yeah. No one likes a helicopter. Right. Mom. Sorry. Yeah.
0: So Kip continues to get his counseling. His mother, of course, feared the worst for her son and wanted to give him the help that he may or may not have needed. So a resolution came about with the rock incident resulting in 32 hours of community service. He had to write an apology letter, and he was required to pay for damages to the car. Um, he then also met with another psychologist who felt that Kip was in good hands. He had good loving parents. He was remorseful, and so he was just a silly boy doing silly things, and there wasn't
1: any need to worry. Ugh. Again, what boy, what anyone is going to like confine into their therapist with their mom right there about their relationship with their parents? Right? I'm surprised he said, My dad thinks I'm a bad kid of bad habits. Like, that's probably the deepest he ever got because, like, how could yeah. you?
0: I don't know. I, yeah. And I didn't hear that until like the very end. And I was like, Well, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> like, yeah i don't know yeah so by april kip was suspended two separate times once for throwing a pencil at another student and then the other time for kicking someone in the head after they shoved him to which i'm like kip what are you doing
1: whoa whoa, whoa. this is actually a very interesting question what? here okay so to shove someone you need to be standing up yeah so did he get shoved? Did he turn around and kick someone like karate karate kick? up? <laughs> yeah. In I don't their know. head? I didn't think about that. <laughs> Cause like it's like they ha- they're not laying down unless he pushed him to the ground and kicked him the yeah, head. I and mean they I guess so. Him from but the then when they say pushed him to the ground kicked kick yeah. him in the head? Yeah. So actually, wow kip, he's the new karate kid if you picture that. True. And I I think that does deserve getting suspended. Sorry, Kip. Yeah. No,
0: I know. That's what I was thinking too. But it's just, I mean, basically we're just kind of leaning up, right? So June of that year, um, it's also decided that Kip should maybe try some medication. So he was actually prescribed Prozac. It's agreed that it's working. He doesn't really seem to have any like side effects. So the Kinkles felt like they could kind of like put this past behind them and move forward. In doing so, uh, they decided that they were going to indulge him in one of his desires of owning a firearm.
1: Well, first question is How long has it been? How long has he been on medication? Not that long. June of that year. Yeah. And then they're already are like, You're cured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like- that sounds kind of intense. That sounds insane, honestly. That's
0: not something that we knew, I think, ahead of time, and that's why this kind of made like a lot of sense to me because I was like, wow, that was like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Oh, you took some pills for a couple days? Good job, son. You're cured. Like, what? No, that's not how it works.
1: You haven't karate kicked someone in the head in the yeah. week? high five. You deserve a <laughs> Let's gun. Let's go buy you a Glock. Like, oh. What in the world? I don't know. That just is like alarming too. And it's just I again it just sheds light about how no one, literally no one knows much about mental yeah, health. That for kind of sure. Day. Oh my goodness. And I think I know before he's had guns before. He's it's been around like them. he randomly yeah. he's been around guns. It because before we did talk about how he's getting into guns, blah blah blah. But he has been around guns before. It wasn't like randomly he watched you know, on the d- deep dark web like shooting no. videos and he was like ooh, I want to do that. Like he was like knew about guns No, and, and he stuff. even
0: like attended like gun shows and stuff like that. Like it was, a- it was an yeah. open thing and it wasn't in a like malicious way at all.
1: So I can't blame the parents for wanting to reward your son for working on yourself and maybe turning a new leaf, but It just seems like it's very soon and it seems very extreme to reward him with a gun. Well, basically,
0: they made the agreement with Kip that he could have a gun, but it was to be purchased by his father and kept in a safe, which, of course, this has been up for hot debate. And it was said that, like, Kip totally, like, picked out everything that he wanted. He had to pay for it. And he could only use it under his dad's supervision, and then it would remain in the care of his dad, like in their gun safe, until he was about twenty-one years old. So, that was like those were the base rules. Is that how everything worked out? You'll find out.
1: And I was going to say he could, first off he couldn't purchase his own gun. He's like
0: 12, 13. 13. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, know how, I don't know. How old he no, is. I guess he was probably like, fourteen, 14
1: at yeah. max. Yeah. So it's like, sir, but so it's interesting it really sucks I'm not a parent so I don't know but I mean you maybe you can like put yourself into it I was a bratty kid so I know I got everything I ever wanted in my life um so like parents want to give their kids like what they ask for and like you want to reward your kids so it is something you really wanted and I feel like it was a responsible like reasonable um way to do it there were rules yeah there were
0: absolutely rules and parameters it wasn't
1: like he could sleep with that night every night and then point it at people no
0: there were definitely like gun rules there was yeah there was lots of things that went around it it was not as willy-nilly as some people like to say but you know it's easy to say like oh yeah well his parents let him have guns and you know misconstrue that sentence in a way And I know we talked about it on the last podcast of, like, growing up in Oregon. Like, I have nieces and nephews who got guns, like, real guns when they were, like, eight or nine because they go hunting. So – but it's not – again, it's not something that they put over their bed every single night. It's kept in a gun safe. Parents are always around when it's used, and there's just – there's different ways to things, but – Yeah. Yeah. So after nine sessions of therapy – Kip's therapist decides that he should be released from his treatment plan, with the notion that he didn't seem depressed anymore, and they were doing a good job. <laughs> to which I'm just like, I just nine I just sessions, say, like-
1: what? imagine like the extreme difference like if this was the 50s kip would get a lobotomy, oh my god. Like, see a kip you know what i mean like it's insane but
0: then even now like there's no way anybody that you could you couldn't tell me that there's a therapist out there today who would have kip as a patient and know all of these things and release him after nine sessions like there's no freaking way yeah
1: no no but then yeah it's just i don't know Also, before
0: graduating 8th grade, um, Kip delivers uh, this speech on how to make a bomb, but apparently in the same class, another student gave a speech on how to join the Church of Satan. So his topic at the time, people were like, okay, cool, Kip wants to build a bomb, but they're like, well, Nancy, she wants everybody to join the Church of Satan. So there was more focus on what that was than there was on him. Wait a
1: second.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine being a teacher and, like, you're asking these kids to do, like, a how-to video and one's, like, how to make a bundt cake, (laughs) like, how to make a birdhouse, how to join the Church of Satan. (laughs) Like, what?
1: I wonder, like. And it was an 8th grade
0: girl. It was a girl. I don't know her name was Nancy, but it was a chick.
1: I just got to say, like, not to be too off topic, but, like. Can the school not do anything about that because it's like a religion? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't you know, know I mean? especially because like a couple years back, I remember there was like this um, this school in Washington. I'm pretty sure it was in Vancouver, Washington, where they were literally petitioning the school board because they were like, you can't have Christian groups after school groups and tell us that we can't have these Satanism classes.
1: And they... Satanism club. And they literally had
0: to like offer this Satan club or something like that. It's insane. I'm not even kidding. And this was like at an elementary
1: school. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) sacrifice their teddy bears? I don't know, but it's terrifying. Like, no. Gosh. So, yeah. Who
0: are these kids that's that's the question i want to know like who are these kids where are they from who are your parents why are you like this what's wrong with you
1: again though super alarming how to make a bomb kip no one needs to know how to make a bomb you don't need to know yeah, how to make in a bomb great
0: settle down in the same summer that kip discontinued his treatment i also thought it was super interesting that he managed to buy a 22 and keep it completely hidden from his parents by the fall only three months of being on them kip actually stops taking his medication and the oh family just kind of seemed hopeful.
1: And they were like, well, things will be okay. So obviously, okay, so he started the medication in June. So by the time he starts school, he's off yep. medication. He's probably was like, I only was taking it so I can get a gun, even though I already have a gun. I don't even need your gun. What?
0: Which I don't <laughs> know. And in one in one thing that I found, it did say like, oh, he took the whole bottle of pills and just never refilled it. To which, because I was asking that same question too. Relatable. I was like, what the frick? Like, why would he just <laughs> stop taking them? You're not supposed to just abruptly stop taking them. But it would make sense, especially with the way that his dad felt about therapy and about mental health stuff for him to be like, oh, you took all oh, your yeah. pills? I mean, this isn't antibiotics. Like, this is not amoxicillin where you just take it for 10 days and then you're done. Like, it's a totally different well, type I of medication. also to- wonder,
1: two, nine weeks, that's almost like two and a half month, not two and a half i think months. it was less well, than I three months it less than yeah. three months so maybe at that point they're like the doctor is like yep you don't need any more you know whatever so it's like oh i don't need any more sessions i don't need to refill my pills i don't need to do anything i'm yeah. cured so that probably didn't help no, either yeah i i totally agree with that no accountability with your therapist oh my god plus your mommy's there every single day so i don't know
0: nationally Weird. in the same year of 1997 there were actually two school shootings um kip starts his freshman year at thurston high school and everything seems to be fine another shooting happened in early of 1998 and according to the friends of kips when they all saw this take place they all agreed that it was pretty cool to which like this the group, the group of kids. kids yeah it wasn't just Kip by himself it was like these teen boys are like oh that's pretty cool To which, I'm sorry, all high school boys say stupid things.
1: What a great idea. Yeah, they're all (laughs) stupid.
0: They're all just stupid.
1: I'm not surprised. I wouldn't pass pass any high school boy I know.
0: So in May of 1998, the month of the massacre, Kip is actually involved in a TP incident in which him and his friends hope to break the local TP record. To which I'm like, who the farts has a TP record? So they ended up hoarding a bunch of TP for months on end and they like store it in one of their friend's garage and they break the record with an outstanding (laughs) victory of over 400 rolls of toilet paper. Slow clap. Slow clap, guys. So great. Handful of kids are involved, but they totally get caught and they're required to clean up the house the next day. So Kip is one of the only students who actually got any type of punishment from his parents because i guess everybody else was like parents were like high five good job 400 rolls i'm impressed nobody else cared
1: i mean okay i i really hope like i'm not sounding like i'm maybe a future like horrible parent (laughs) but it's just like i'd just be more mad be like that was the lamest thing i've ever seen (laughs) like what are you doing like you're spending all your free time into this i mean it's funny because if you think about it it's not very funny, actually. It's really not funny, but it's kind of interesting. I guess if you think about it, this is the most innocent thing this man has. Yeah, done. <laughs> right. Like this is so dumb. <laughs> like you threw rocks at cars. Yeah,
0: and but at this
1: but point, you're gonna go TP someone's and house. Point, his
0: parents are probably just like, "Frick, Kip, what else? What else are you gonna do?" Like I can only imagine Why are you- <laughs> how frustrated they I know
1: must I. I- they must have been like you're revolting against us. Why do you well, hate us? Well, and especially us? because yeah.
0: they're teachers, and I think at this point too, his dad had like retired from being a teacher and went on to like be a professor at like Lynn Benton or something mm. like that. So, you know, they're those type of people where they're they have expectations. They do have expectations of being like a good model citizen, and Kip is not being a good model citizen, and he's got Kristen over here who gets a full ride to what was it pacific lutheran or something like that for cheer so she's just like bubbly perfect child and they're like really kip you're out there throwing toilet paper all over the place so i can only imagine how awkward the kinkle house must have been in those months yeah i agree so now we get to the nitty-gritty uh may 19th of 1998 kip arranges to buy another gun from a friend at school He takes $110, and it's unclear as to whether or not Kip was aware that this gun was stolen from another friend. So, clarification, Kip wants to buy a gun. He goes to buy a gun that some friend stole from another friend's dad and was selling it. So it's kind of, I don't know.
1: Just in case you were like, what? What is going on? Again, again, again. It's just, it's so hard. It's it's so hard because it's like Kip. No, I feel like his parents. You're not as bad as the other kids. At least you didn't steal the gun from the friend's dad and try to sell <laughs> right? it. I mean, I think you're stupid for trying to buy it from them. Like, I guess you didn't know. I mean, you shouldn't be buying illegally guns anyway. And then you're not satanic chick trying to get everyone to join her <laughs> yeah. cult. Like, you'd think, like, Kip, at least you're not doing that. But it's just, like, why are you doing all these dumb things? And then it's just, ugh. I will, Kip, Kip, I will say
0: sometimes i wonder like kip were you just literally at the wrong place at the wrong time every time like every time honestly because i don't know we'll kind of have this talk later on after reading the interview that's come out since like i i have a different perspective of kip but at the same time i'm like bro not everything can just be a coincidence okay you got to use your noggin here sometimes but yeah. Interestingly, I learned something new in the new article that came out. Um, the only reason that Kip was trying to buy this gun was because he felt as though he wasn't safe. So in during Thanksgiving, months before, so again, we're in 1998, so go back to the year before, before Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, Kip ends up riding his bike to the gas station, which was like five miles away. He went to get something sugary, so his that his parents, like, wouldn't keep at home, which, again, reminds me of the friends that I had because, like, they only ate organic. They never had sugar. You couldn't watch TV. Like, just those griddle crunchy kind of parents. On his way back from the gas station, he said he broke, like, someone's triangular, like, reflective sign. Not – Like, on the ground? I don't know if it was just, like, one of those signs that, you know, like, people put on the end of their, like, driveway or whatever. Yeah, like, one of those reflective triangles. Anyways, so he breaks it. But not thinking of anything of it, he just goes on his way. Now apparently, he gets followed by a man, who like stops him and demands like forty bucks to fix the sign. He's like, "Hey kid, you broke my sign. You owe me forty bucks." Kip's like, "I don't have anything. Like, I'm a kid on a bicycle. I want this candy like, yeah, bar. I just want some sugar? <laughs> like, what do you want from me?" And the guy's like, "Well, give me your phone number." So he gives him some fake phone number, and then he races back home then months later he's with his mom and apparently he runs into some relatives of that said man who threatened him again and they're like hey you still owe us 40 bucks thus creating this reason for him to need to protect himself so so i'm just i'm just putting that little nugget there put in your back pocket hold on to it do whatever you want with it i don't know
1: No comments. I'll just hold on to it. I mean, you can comment if you want. I don't know.
0: I don't know what you want to say. I just,
1: I just, I just wonder. I think it's very interesting. This man is going to chase a kid down for For $40, $40, right?
0: (laughs) Like, when's the last time you ran after a 10 year old or even a 15 year old and were like, hey, give me some money? Like, kids don't carry around. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can imagine Kip on his bike running over the sign on purpose just to be a little, yeah, just to be a
0: little craphead. But then.
1: I cannot imagine someone chasing after him, saying, "You broke my sign." Which, first off, is it really worth forty dollars?
0: Was it like <laughs> a custom too. sign?
1: I <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot imagine it being worth forty dollars. I mean, are you including like pain and suffering, emotional damage? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's ridiculous, though. Forty dollars. And who knows? Maybe anyway. it's just some
0: cranky old man who lives by himself, and you know, I don't know.
1: Maybe he was bored. I get it, but still. Yeah anyway so
0: 8 a.m kip arrives at school cash in hand he's given a brown paper bag with a 32 caliber beretta he places it in his locker life goes on right however the gun is actually reported stolen uh the father of the student hmm. he was pretty sure that his one of his son's friends had taken it so he gives the cops like he calls the cops he gives the list he gives a list of students who of who he thought would have taken it and like gives it to the cops or whatever. But Kip was not on that list. Hmm. They show up at the school and they start talking with all of these like listed kids. And by 9 15 AM Kip somehow is questioned and he immediately confesses and and says, and I quote, look, I'm going to be square with you guys. The guns in my locker. End quote. To which I'm like, Hey dude, good for you for owning up to it. I guess. <laughs> neat yeah he um so he and the other kid that sold it to him are arrested they're taken down to the police station with a suspension pending expulsion so this is big time and remember like kip's already been suspended like multiple times for his outburst he's already been arrested once for the whole bend rock incident so like kip Again, it's hard to say, are you are you really just the wrong place at the wrong time, or do you just not use your noggin a lot of the time? I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, he's giving me vibes, though of like a few parents. yeah, you know what I mean, he doesn't even try to hide the fact that he has a gun. He's like, "Yeah, I got the gun but and just like, what are you gonna do? about where... Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's what it makes yeah, it yeah but it
0: makes me think, and it makes me I, I could honestly give you five different guys that I went to high school who did this kind of crap and aren't who Kip became. Like, they didn't do, like, but they would pull stupid crap like this or just do stupid things and be caught in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time. And so it's, it's really hard, I guess, to say, like, oh, people should have known or, oh, they should have paid attention because, in my opinion, it seems like there's boys teenage boys and teenage girls out there who do stuff like this all the freaking time how
1: i guess it's attention they just want yeah and that's what i mean like
0: i guess it's scary because you don't know who the wrong one is you know what i
1: mean that's what i'm saying like i feel like it was more like i'm gonna do this like i don't care (laughs) forget everyone yeah F the police. F my parents.
0: Kip also shares at this time that he felt as though he wanted to kill himself, but the voices in his head prevented him from doing so until he completed the tasks that they required him.
1: <sighs> See, that just goes like back off of like what I just said. So I wonder if... He actually is remorseful, or if he's in like he just literally cannot control himself, or if he was just being cocky and just like, I'm gonna do this, I don't care anymore. Well, and
0: that's what I mean. I I don't care about my life. There seem to be two different sides of him. Like, and that's, I guess, what's scary about mental health. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it because, like you said, like, how much of this is was he remorseful in the things that he did? And just while he's in doing it, like, he sees red and he can't control himself? Or is he just using this as, like, a cop-out in a way to be like, oh, oh, yeah, like, uh, the voices told me to do it. When there's really not voices, he just needs to put blame on something, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, by 11 a.m., he's been booked, he's got his fingerprints done, he's been pictured, and he's waiting for his parents to pick him up and take him home. So, the detective who arrested him states that Kip was very distraught waiting for his parents. Uh, Bill arrives, picks Kip up, and they go home. Um, later on, after hearing what had happened, S- Scott, who was the owner of the stolen gun, calls the Kinkle house and actually talks to Kip's dad, who seems super distraught and upset with Kip, stating he didn't know what to do anymore, and that Kip was like completely out of control. Um, one article claims that Kip's father, uh, at the time threatened him to go to military school, but I don't know, because Kip himself said that he wanted to join the military at some point, so I don't know how, like, that would have been a punishment, you know?
1: Maybe that's what he told his dad, and that's why he didn't go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe that's why he's like, I want to go to military school. They'll give me guns there. exactly. I wouldn't have to steal them, even though he has a gun. His dad bought him a gun. Oh my god. Kip, you're so hard to please. Right? Ugh.
0: So after the phone call, which was around 3 p.m., uh, Kip comes downstairs to find his father sitting at the breakfast bar with his back to him, and he's just ah. drinking a cup of coffee waiting for his mom to get home. Kip proceeds to shoot his father in the back of the head with a single shot and a shotgun. Um, he then dragged his father's lifeless body into the bathroom and covered it with a sheet.
1: Now this this right here is where... It gets really interesting. And things escalated quickly. <laughs> Super quickly. Yes. So, you have to I wonder so it was it must have happened so fast like right after the fall. It was. Call. Yeah. So, I it was something like Kip said go to your room and then he went to his room and he came back down. Yeah, I don't know kind of thing
0: i don't know and that's the thing like it's it's a small enough town that the guy who was the owner of the gun was able to like call kip so i don't know if like they were like mutual friends or if it's just one of those things like because the dad was like a well-known guy in the community you know calls him up to be like hey hey man you know i don't know was he saying like hey i'm not gonna press any charges or was i mean it's interesting to know like what was that conversation like you were the last person yeah. to talk yeah. to bill
1: kinkle yeah exactly
0: approximately 3 30 another phone call comes into the kinkle home and this time it is a teacher from thurston high he calls and he speaks to kip who admits that he did something very wrong like he made a mistake but he says like my dad's not home
1: to which that's just super eerie to me
0: like i don't like that
1: yeah super eerie. no that's so scary and then like Let's be real. This is a small, small, small—not like super small—but a small community. Mm-hmm. He was at school when he was caught with the yeah. gun, so everyone knows he has the gun. So I bet the teacher's just like Kip. Yeah, we we know you had the gun. It wasn't a good yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's probably what they're—he's referring to. They assumed he's referring. Exactly. To, that's what I mean. But
0: because like, he's like, ugh. oh, I messed up. I did something wrong. And yeah, the the person on the phone's like, yep, Kip, you sure did not knowing oh hey daddy's in the bathroom like i don't know insane yeah. so by 4 p.m a friend actually calls kip and he doesn't stay on the phone long claiming that like oh my call waiting was going off which not sure if this is true or if he just didn't really want to talk to anybody
1: wait you're his what huh what is that call waiting are you serious right now I don't you don't know what call is. waiting is? It's like- like someone on the yeah. other line? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. and it would,
0: like, do, like, a beep thing and, yeah. Anyways, so mm-hmm. I just want to ask the question, too, like, Kip, what are you answering the phone for? Like, why are you talking to people? Like, why didn't you just let it, like, go to an answering
1: machine? Because, like... Giving me Robert Langley vibes. Right? Answers the phone to the house that he... <laughs> Is like he robbing. He doesn't. Sir. <laughs> yeah. Like, Don't do yeah' that. That's not a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't answer the phone after you've murdered someone. Like, wait. and didn't you say that, like, he just seemed like pretty calm. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's a regular Tuesday. My parents are a little mad. Yeah. Like, Yeah, whatever. because like,
0: there had the to have, have been rumors, like, going everywhere. Like, oh, guys, Kip got arrested. Blah. Like, so his friends are probably like, what's up? What happened? What's going on?
1: Well, yeah. And obviously, you know, he was the only kid that got in trouble for doing the TP thing. So they're probably like, oh my gosh, he's literally going to, like, they're going to lock him in the, like, you know, closet for a week.
0: Yeah. He's so dead. Exactly. Like, that's what I mean. So, and again, this is the 90s. So, like, they didn't really have texting. So you had to call someone's home phone. Like, you wanted to find something out. Be like, Kip, what happened? Bro, are you grounded for the rest of your life? Like, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Those kind of conversations. So another call comes to the house to which I'm like, dang, this place is popping. And this time it's a Spanish student of his father's, and Kip tells the person that his dad wouldn't be at class that night since they were having family issues.
1: It makes sense. Yeah. Good yeah. excuse.
0: Again, to which it's like, huh, can you imagine being that Spanish student finding out the next day what happened and you talked to Kip on the phone? I don't know crazy so around 4 30 kip actually has a three-way call with his two friends which one of them was the guy he did the tp incident with and he stated to them that he wasn't trying to cause all the chaos that he did he just really wanted the gun but everything's done now his life was over now and he was upset by his how his parents were going to react He knew how embarrassed they were going to be of him, and they said that he went back and forth from being, like, super angry to being, like, super upset. And he also kept mentioning his mom and, like, when she would be home. Like, oh, where's my mom? I wonder when my mom was going to be there. Oh, gosh. And he also lied to them and said that his dad was at the bar, to which I was like, ugh, yuck. So when Kip's mom gets home uh, around 6.30 p.m., he actually met her in the garage. Kip told his mother that he loved her, and I quote, shot her twice in the back of the head, three times in the face, one time through the heart. He then dragged her body across the garage floor and covered it with a sheet. End quote. <sighs> his own mother.
1: Yeah. His mom. And his. Oh... <laughs> and she didn't even get a chance to yell at him yet.
0: And I just that in itself is just kind of like heartbreaking and I don't know the way that their house I think was like set up where it was like the the house was on one level and then like the garage was like connected through some stairs or whatever so you had to go like down the stairs Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: get to the garage so he was like waiting there so I just
1: I wonder did he wait there with a sheet
0: yeah I don't know
1: that's my question yeah, because you know I, it's pre-motated like you know he is gonna shoot her no matter what that's like obviously why he was waiting there that's why he had a gun in his hand ready to go yeah so just
0: crazy yeah i don't i don't have words because i don't know what to say what he does for the next 12 hours you know i guess my only guess is kip knows i myself cannot even imagine staying in the house where two deceased bodies are let alone the bodies of my parents that i shot like i don't understand how he was able to stay there all night to me it seems like there are severe mental health issues because i can't imagine imagine a normal sane person like staying in this situation
1: i mean about the same time it's like where would you go yeah because you're a 15 year old boy like you can't drive anywhere you can't drive anywhere. You can't go to your friend's house. Your friends know that you just stole a gun, and your parents are gonna beat your butt. They're gonna be like, "Bro, yeah. how are you?" Like, "Oh yeah, my dad said I can just go over to your house, Johnny, and play video games. It's fine." Like, no, yeah. like, no. <laughs> so I guess like, you kind of have to stay there. Yeah. Plus, you have to make sure nobody find out about the bodies.
0: Yeah, but it's just I I don't know. It's just mind boggling to me, like how. And I guess, yeah, that's why it just, to me, points to the direction of, like, he definitely had some things going on and he wasn't even seeing clearly because how on earth do you do something like that and then stay there all night? Like, I don't know. 7.30 a.m. the following morning, 15-year-old Kip Kinkle drives his mother's Ford Explorer to Thurston High School, where the day before he was placed on suspension pending expulsion. He shows up in a long tan trench coat with four weapons, including three guns and a hunting knife that he taped to his leg, and almost twelve hundred rounds of ammunition. To which part of me really wants to make like an ammo joke because be like, dude, people are freaking fight you for that much ammo right
1: now. Yeah, no one has that much. No one has that. (laughs) Is probably worth so much money right now. Right. And. It's interesting that they kept that much ammo right? on him. I don't know. (laughs) He parked a block away from the school, and he cut across the tennis
0: courts to get to campus. 7.55 a.m., the campus security cameras show Kip entering the school. He then walks down the hallway and actually bumps into somebody he knows, and he told them, like, get out of here. Like, you don't need to be here. Get out of here. Shortly after, Kip begins shooting. His first fatality is a student named Ben Walker. Walking towards the cafeteria, he shoots another student wounding him. Kip then enters the cafeteria where some 300 students were present. He fires off 50 rounds, striking 37 and wounding 24, fatally wounding another by the name of Michael Nicholson.
1: So that's like just a lot to digest. You stay at your parents' house. You're you're at your house. You have two dead bodies in your house. You wake Mm -hmm. up and you decide, you know what? Let's just go to school cuz that's what good p- people do. We go to school. Today's mm-hmm. you know, Thursday, time for school. Um and let me sh- make sure I wear my trench coat, take my guns. Yeah. And just decide to go release chaos first thing in yeah. the morning on my classmates. Insane. Yeah.
0: By 8:04 a.m. The police arrive on scene, and students have basically pummeled Kip to the ground, where he was punched in the face by a classmate, and then Kip just starts screaming out like he just wants to die. So, less than 10 minutes, and so much has taken place. Uh, 20 years after the massacre, a local radio host aired this documentary in which students who survived the shooting were able to share, like, details that hadn't yet been spoken about, in which... People recalled the gunshot sounds um relating them to fireworks. One girl remembers getting hit with a bullet and in shock and in anger not realizing that she had been shot, she like turned around and then sees Kip with a gun and is like, "Oh crap, I just got shot." Like she just yeah. thought someone hurt her. She didn't realize like she got shot. To which I hate to ask this question, but like I've always wondered like what does it feel like to be shot? Does it burn? Does it just hurt really bad? Like,
1: because, you know, know,
0: i just people 50 Cent got shot a bunch and he didn't die. But obviously,
1: yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyone I don't have gotten shot either. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. who to ask. It sounds awful. <laughs> doesn't sound fun. That's for sure.
0: No. Yeah. Another student shares how he had been hit four times and he struggled as his body like went numb. Oh, and my quote, gosh. I was trying to pull myself up to sit on the bench and the table. And there was a girl next to me watching me struggle to try to get up on this bench. And she's just like, uh, maybe you should stay on the ground. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. End quote. Like, can you imagine? Oh my. Can you imagine (laughs) being a freaking high school student? And first of all, people are getting shot all over the place. And then you're watching some kid next to you, like, try to sit up and you're like, hey, bro not not so smart S- stay da- stay down like i don't know
1: yeah i'd be like don't look but it doesn't look good you shouldn't move yeah oh my goodness that sounds like terrifying for yeah. both stories both for people. everybody yeah yeah
0: another gut-wrenching detail came from one of the staff members of the school i believe he was a coach and a teacher um he recalls entering the cafeteria seeing the faces of students just like terrorized and one of his athletes literally had blood spewing from his body. Mm. It wasn't life-threatening, so he's like, hey, put some pressure on this, and he had to, like, move on. Like, can you imagine there's a kid spewing blood, and you got to be like, hey, bro, I got to go make sure everybody else is okay. Pat this down. You got this. Like, I, I don't know. I've had kids have incidents, like, you know, on the playground and stuff like that, and, you know, trying to help a kid who's terrified – who's gushing blood from like their head and stuff like that is gets your adrenaline going. So I can only imagine to have to like see kids like that and then not be able to help them have to move on because there's more people who need your help. Like that is mind boggling to me. But then again, I guess EMSs do that all the time or EMTs.
1: There is a special people. There's a special place where people that can handle stuff like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, They're... I don't think I am one of them. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be one of them too more of a a flight than fight type of person.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, it wasn't life-threatening, so he told the kid to put pressure on it, and he moved on where he heard another student yell, hey, coach, I need some help. And this student had a wound to the face, but he was, like, doing CPR on another kid. Oh, my gosh. So shot in the face, and he's trying to do CPR on some other kid. This student... um was the one who was shot uh before he walked into the cafeteria so he didn't he actually didn't die instantly rather he died shortly after and was taken to the hospital where he had to be put on life support until his parents were able to come say goodbye
1: which is just super sad yeah i can't imagine that like that is insane and especially like I mean, I I bet we'll talk about it later, but, like, this is a time no one knew this would happen. No one knows what to do in a situation like this.
0: Yeah. And, again, only a handful of shootings had actually happened. It wasn't, like, 2022 where we hear, oh, 10 different shootings within a six-month period. Like, this was unheard of. You sent your kids to school and your kids were fine. You would see them at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one cop was actually a few bo- blocks away at, like, a gas station, and when he heard the call, he honestly thought it was a hoax, but for some reason, he ended up going to the school anyways, because I, that's where, when he, when they said that, I don't know if he was, like, off duty or something like that, and, like, just heard it and ended up going in, but whatever. Um, when he made it to the school, realized everything was happening, uh, Kip was actually apprehended and quickly transferred out of the school and taken to another officer who would then take him to the station. And as they're doing all these, like, transfers of let's get Kip out of here kind of thing, the detective who arrested him the day before shows up and he's like, I just, I just arrested that kid yesterday. Yeah. To which that must have been, like, spooky. I can't imagine being that guy. Yeah. So, unaware that Kip still had a knife on him, Um, They get him to the station, he's placed in an interview room, and the cop steps out for, like, a brief second to, like, turn on all the cameras or whatever. And in the time in which he comes back, Kip, who's fully handcuffed, manages to get the knife into his hands and attempts to attack the cop. (laughs) Kip! Yeah. But he did this while he's also insisting that the cop shoot him. So I think in his head he was thinking, if I try to attack them, they're going to shoot me, they'll kill me, it's great.
1: Mm, Okay, I see that.
0: Yeah, so he then went crazy, and they ended up actually having to pepper spray him in order to subdue him. So once they get the knife taken away, everybody's settled down. The detective comes in, same guy from the day before, and he, you know, just nonchalantly asks, Kip, you know, how's your dad? To
1: which... (laughs) (laughs) was like not the right answer this is not a good question right
0: kip replies they're dead i killed them
1: (laughs) can you imagine hearing that right
0: being the freaking detective because you're like wait a minute i arrested you yesterday and now i'm arresting you again because you're doing this and then when i ask you how's your dad doing you're like oh hey he's dead so i can only imagine the amount of shock that that statement made Oh my god. And you know, those after that happens, that's when the infamous pictures were taken of Kip in which he looks like a ghost of a human. And it's interesting because in one of the pictures that I saw, cuz I looked at all this, the pictures again from everything that is available, and Kip has like a an X taped across his chest, and I asked myself like what the f- what did what did he tape an X on his chest for? But apparently I read later on that Kip put extra bullets and saved them for himself in case he ran out so that he had enough to take his own life. Like homeboy had a plan. Yikes, just
1: yikes. All yeah. around yikes.
0: So, I believe simultaneously in the hour that it took from the place in which they 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 got apprehended Kip and they took him in to like, you know, where they confess his confession. And um, you know, all the pictures or whatever. I doubt that they were able to communicate with Kip's parents, nor each other. And so it was probably like the detectives, like, hey, I'll go and do the interview, you go call his parents, kind of thing. That's what I'm assuming happens. There's nothing that's really super detailed. But what happens is the cops show up at the house, you know, because they can't get a hold of the Kinkles anywhere.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and to make this extra dramatic apparently kip had recently become obsessed with the romeo and juliet movie starring leo and claire danes and with his boombox he had the final song on repeat rumored to have been on since he shot his parents and he has this thing like the volume's turned all the way up it's on the little like repeat repeat one you know and it just keeps playing the same song over and over and over again blasting through this house which again kip's house and this is why i mentioned it like kip's house was outside of town so it's not like oh we're in some suburbs so people would have like heard shot shotguns or anything like that like nobody would have heard it nobody would have cared nobody would have paid attention because you know his closest neighbors were probably a mile or two away Mm -hmm. not not to say that it was that far but like Again, they lived outside of town, so, like, it wasn't – nobody noticed that something had happened until they went to go looking for it. I wonder um, how long was the music playing? That's what I mean. Like, they they believe it had to have been playing, like, all night long kind of thing.
1: Well, what if he played it after, like, during the shooting so no one could hear the shots? Maybe with his mom,
0: possibly. I don't think he would have had it playing with his dad home, though, like – he could have. I mean, he could have, but can you imagine, Kip, go to your room, Dad, I want to play this on full blast. Like, I want to play this song. Like, I just All I got to say is, this. if
1: you're mad at your kid, and they go to their room, and they play Romeo and Juliet, like, this final song, yeah, you need to be worried.
0: Cause... Which, again, it's like some opera, you know, musical, instrumental thing. It's not like a... That's still...
1: Conf- yeah, but that's like the death scene.
0: Yeah, basically. So, like, that is,
1: like, is time for killing scene i mean i guess that's true spooky yeah
0: so police arrive on scene and i I do believe there's video footage archives out there so if you're really interested you can go find it on youtube and it shows the cops arriving there and you can actually hear the music from outside of the house like that's how loud it was um upon entering the home the cops found ammo everywhere and you could even see it like through the windows which again, I make the comment like, dang, people in 2022 would, I don't want to say kill for that because that's not the right way to say it, but pay a lot of money to have that much ammo. They end up searching Kip's room. They find his journals as well as some homemade bombs that were made out of soda cans. And they also uncover a crawl space in which more bombs look like they were constructed. Um, So the cops end up evacuating the area within like a five mile radius and turns out all the bombs were faulty anyways like kip sucks and he wasn't able to make them well but he basically had like set it looks like he had set up these bombs to like blow up his entire house kind of thing
1: very interesting because yeah. i wonder like did his parents know about his bomb obsession did his parents know there's bombs in the crawl space?
0: I don't know if they were aware of that or not. I or do you say think no, they
1: put all those bombs in the crawlspace afterwards?
0: Afterwards? I mean, it's possible. Hmm. It's super possible. Back at the station, the cops have started questioning 15-year-old Kip Kinkle, who was just taken down for a school shooting, as well as learning that he murdered his parents the night before. Your favorite line. Oof. <laughs> everything was recorded and audio tapes are available should you wish to hear them i have listened to them i didn't listen to all of them i mean i am a freak and i do love true crime but like some stuff can get kind of overwhelming i'm pretty sure there's like at least an hour or two of kip's questioning i bet and
1: i have a lot of questions for kip
0: yeah He talks about how he had no choice. He had to kill his parents because he failed them. And because of the gun situation, he shares about the voices in his head and how his parents were good people, that he had a good life, that they never deserved what happened to them and that he just wanted to die. So yeah, that's a lot to process because a lot of times, you know, especially if kids have motives, it's like, oh, they were abused or something happened. But Kip's like, no, I really had a good life. My parents didn't deserve this. I just am hearing voices. I'm sorry. Snapped. And I will say, like, in his, in the audio tapes that I've listened to, like, he does cry. Like, he does sound remorseful. He does sound like, oh, what have I done kind of thing. It's not like he's some cold-hearted kid who's like, yep, I killed them. Yeah, I'm glad I killed them. Like, he's not like that at all. So, I will just put that out there for the people who are like, he's a monster, whatever. He is a monster. He yeah, is a monster.
1: <laughs> he is a
0: monster, but, you know, he's he's I don't know. I don't I don't know. We'll talk about it more later. So, May 22nd, Kip is charged with four counts of murder. Within the week, he is the talk of the nation with his face plastered on every newspaper and media networks all over covering him. The then-president, Bill Clinton, even makes his way to Oregon to meet with the victims, and he addresses the families. In June of 1998, Kip is indicted with 58 felony charges. Dang, Kip. So, here's where things get real political, and I don't know enough, but in the research that I did, I think that this is kind of where the system failed Kip, in my personal opinion. Let's hear it. So... It would be 18 months from the time that he was arrested to the time in which that he like faced trial all of which was spent in solitary confinement now when we covered this case last year we discussed the fact that kip said he was hearing voices and i believe that i argued that he could have just been an evil kid who was making that up in order to sound crazy however if that were not the case and he really did have mental health issues Solitary confinement sounds to me like it would have been a cesspool, breeding ground of making matters worse for him instead of helping him. To which, if he really did have issues, and all of that stuff happened, and then you put him alone by himself, like that's not—I don't know—sounds kind of like torture. But
1: yeah, it does sound absolutely like awful. I agree. And he's fifteen, and that's like his parents are dead, and he doesn't have his
0: family. Like. That's the stuff that, like, I think should have been more played into a part. I don't, and I think I talk about this later, like, I don't really think that it's right. Nothing is fair. Let's just say that. Nothing's fair, but I don't think that it's right to put a blanket over everybody. I think it should be case-by-case basis things. Because, again, this is a 15-year-old boy. So... In the interview done most recently, Kip states that while in confinement, he felt as though there was some sort of conspiracy. And it says that, like, he forgot, or not forgot, he didn't have his retainer with him. So his teeth started to shift or whatever. So he believed that there had been a chip embedded in him. And he was actually super excited that it was going to be discovered because they did give him various tests, like, you know, MRIs and CTs and stuff. And after an MRI was done, it was decided that Kip did have all the consistencies of a paranoid schizophrenic, but they weren't ready to fully give him that label until he was older. They're like, well,
1: why? You know,
0: <laughs> he looks like he's got all the things for paranoid schizophrenia, but he's only 15. So we can't really like give him that label to which I'm like, what?
1: But he did murder people, and he's only 15, so let's give him the biggest sentence possible. Right? (laughs) But we can't label him as, like, having actual mental health issues. No, no, no. Yeah,
0: he's not really crazy. We can't really say he's crazy yet, but we think he's crazy, but yeah. So his legal team did decide they wanted him to look as crazy as possible. So, originally, Kip was going to plead insanity because at the time, I believe it was the policy of Oregonians that if you pled insanity, it took the death penalty off the table and it meant that you would, um, like, serve your sentence in a state hospital rather than the state penitentiary. Mm -hmm. So, this is where the controversy comes in and I want to talk about Measure 11 really quick. Which measure 11 was a bill that was passed and essentially gives mandatory sentences based off of crimes committed. So it's, it's literally like a table and it's like, oh, you kidnapped, you get X amount of years. Oh, you murdered someone, you get X amount of years, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take into account age or mental status whatsoever. So again, this is like one of those things, like this is a blanket statement. So if he was found guilty, it meant that Kip would face a severe sentence that would span hundreds of years. With that being said, the prosecutors offered him a plea deal that would be anywhere between 25 years and 200 years, depending on the judge. 25 to 200. Right? And so it said it depended on the judge whether they were going to give him his sentence consecutively or concurrently, because sometimes they'll do that. Like, oh, you're serving three life sentences at the same time, so you end up only serving 25 years instead of 75 years. So he was at the mercy of whoever his judge was
1: going to be. Well, let's hope he did have that microchip in his head and that he (laughs) lived longer than, you know, if he didn't do it consecutively. You know what I mean? (laughs) this
0: quote came about from his legal team and it said and i quote he had not yet accepted his diagnosis and was terrified of being quote-unquote retarded as he put at the time so being sent to a mental institution didn't seem much better than prison and he was really desperate to have to avoid a courtroom so kip didn't even want to have to face a trial whatsoever So, basically, by taking this deal, he skips the whole trial and he just goes to sentencing. Interesting. So, let's try to think of this from a standpoint that had this boy had the severe mental health issues that he claims, and I'm not saying that he does, I'm not saying that he doesn't, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, I don't know Kit personally, but if he had these issues, his parents are deceased, he has mental health issues, then we're putting something insane in front of his face like at the age of 16 how is he supposed to make an adult decision when a he's not an adult and b it's something that's going to affect him for the rest of his life so I'm not trying to have sympathy for him in the and be ignorant to the fact that like oh my gosh people were traumatized and people were murdered like I'm not saying that that didn't happen however the way that things unfolded I still think we need to remember he was still a kid I guess is what I'm coming from.
1: I I don't know. It's a really hard thing to judge. It's just it really I don't I don't know what the best option is. Like I like to like, you know, really you know, down our justice system. I think it sucks low key, but at this point it it's hard because a Kip, you know, he was underage and at this point it's like what? Who is his like guardian now? He doesn't have his parents. He murdered them. Which like, Kip, why'd you do that for? Like, I'm. Mm. Yeah, Kip, you're not helping yourself out. Like, you did that to yourself. Why'd you do it, dummy? Anyway, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, in those moments, you would have your parents to say like, "Oh, no, you. This is what you should do." Like, instead of so you just have a a random state-appointed lawyer. Who- yeah. Who wants? I'm sorry, Kip. You sh- shot up a school and murdered your parents. Like, no state-appointed lawyer is gonna be happy. You know, representing, representing you. you. Yeah, they want to no, like not get at this all. under the rug as soon as possible. Like, no one wants to try to fight for you. Sorry, Kip. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So, no wonder the ki- they were like, okay, cool. We'll take this deal. Let's just go straight into sentencing. This kid's gonna get locked up anyway. Like, yeah. How can you fight that? So it's just, I, I do feel bad because obviously I would understand I'm, I'm the type of person, like, let's do it as fast as possible, and, like, get me out of here kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, and he had no one to really tell him, like, otherwise, I feel.
0: Yeah, he didn't have any, like, counsel at
1: yeah. all,
0: really. Nonetheless, Kip took the plea deal, and he was sentenced to 110 years without the possibility of parole. Now, when given this sentence, his team urged that the judge give a second thought, and I quote, I would submit to you that in a civilized society, we don't lock away our 15-year-old offenders without hope. Children are and should be judged by different standards from those imposed upon adults, end quote. And honestly, like, I don't agree, I don't disagree with this guy. Like, I agree with him. I don't, I don't think we get to place kids and adults in the same box I mean it's and I guess it gets really ugly and because like you said was he, was he, was it premeditated was he sitting there waiting for his mom with the sheet like ready to shoot her because he knew what he was doing or was he so out of control he wasn't aware of the consequences of what he was going to do yeah because he is a kid because he's a kid at the end of the day he's still a kid so i don't know Seriously, because when you think about it, how many people serve sentences – and this is just what I'm saying. How many people are out there serving sentences and then go out there and they reoffend all over again?
1: How many adults do that? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) How many
0: adults do that? But we're going to sit here and tell this 15-year-old boy, like, nope, you have zero hope for the rest of your life. You're going to live here. You're going to die here. You have no choice. We're not going to believe that you can change or do anything. Like, I don't think that that's right. Again, nothing's fair. Nothing in life is fair, but I don't think that that's right. Especially, because sure, I guess you could say, like, if he's full of crap and he's lying and he never had any mental health issues, fine. He deserves to stay where he's at. But to play devil's advocate, if he did actually have those issues and he just needed help and he wasn't getting the help that he needed and this could have been prevented, why take away his entire life for that? I I don't know. I just think that, you know, there could be reform. Agreed. So I also wanted to put in this quote that was made by the DA because he went on to say of Kip at the time, Kip Kinkle ranks with some of the most notorious criminals in our history, names like Ted Bundy. Timothy McVeigh, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Wayne Gacy, end quote. Excuse me.
1: No, he doesn't. (laughs) First of
0: all, all of them are grown men. Second of all, all of them were, like, serial killers who committed crimes over spans of time. It wasn't, like, a one-time thing where something happened. Like, these guys were, like, awful. So, like, I don't think that it's fair to put this kid in the same box as some of the most notorious serial killers in America. Agreed. But... I don't know. Apparently, there was some banter that went back and forth to which I'm saying, Kip, if you, you know, listen to our first episode and I doubted you and I said you were making it all up and you suck, I guess you deserve to be where you are, you know, however, if, if you did have those mental health issues and you weren't getting the right help, I think it's really sad that things have come to the way that they did, especially with that prosecutor you know trying to paint him in a manner in which made it seem because the guy the da went on to go go on and say like oh well he's just trying to plead insanity because then he doesn't have to like serve a sentence or he gets a lighter sentence or something like that
1: which i could see that happening yeah i mean that happens all the time
0: people try to plead insanity all
1: the time
0: and they're not crazy and i get that and that's why this thing is so hard because according to kip and even some of his psychologists like he did have all of the things that would have made him have psychosis Mm -hmm. one of his uh psychiatrists went and testified to him and he said he predicted that with medication and consistent psychiatric care kinkle could safely return to the community in 25 or 30 years and he's and he said and i quote i would be happy to have him as my next door neighbor if those conditions were met end quote
1: and that was his actual like psychiatrist in prison that was the guy who evaluated him in prison not oh so he said nine sessions wasn't enough
0: <laughs> yeah not not that guy yeah a different guy ridiculous
1: yeah i wonder how that person feels
0: right so kip was handed down his sentence because of his age Um, He was actually sent to a juvenile detention center rather than prison initially, and I think he stayed there till he was 25. He had no hope of ever getting out, but he completed all of his treatments, and he pretty much was a model prisoner. He ended up, like, getting his GED. He ended up getting degrees. I think he has, like, his master's. And I can only imagine how hard it must be to not go crazy, like, trying to go through all of prison's treatment plans knowing you're not getting out.
1: Like, well, just like how much can you do in prison now? <laughs> yeah. Without like, you might as well be naughty and shank someone. Like, what's the? You know? Well,
0: in in one article that I read, it stated that the type of therapies that kids go through on a regular basis at their facilities, I was kind of shocked because it said, and I quote, "He will be made to relive his crimes, recreating them through role playing. He will show, be shown crime scene photos, pictures of his victims, grave sites, and be forced to read their obituaries." she said i go traipsing around cemeteries and bring back blown up pictures of their victims headstones we show them and this we tell them like this is a result of your decisions end quote
1: that's kind of intense yeah again (laughs) i'm
0: thinking you're doing this
1: to freaking underage children like i mean like maybe like the first time like i just feel like do you do that like all the time yeah. And I don't know. Like, there wasn't a ton of clarity. Recreating around, like, them through role play. Like, that doesn't sound healthy at all, honestly. Right. I want you to walk into this room and pretend you're shooting people. Like, why? No, you yeah. don't need to redo that. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, it must have been, I will just say it must be difficult to not go crazy knowing I have to participate in all of these charades if you will and i'm not getting out like i'm never getting out but i still have to participate in all these things because a lot of times you know prisoners are put through programs and it's like okay you're gonna do this in your recovery in your hopes of getting out in 10 years or something like that like you have something to hope for like kip's hope is he gets to die someday like
1: yeah that's that's kind of like
0: his end goal type thing so I don't know. In this article that came out last year, it kind of talks about how when he got transferred um, from state prison, from like the juvenile prison to the state prison. And of course, he basically had like a giant sign on his back because he was such an infamous person. Um, He said he knew he wasn't going to be protected the way that he was at the other facility. And another downside of it was that when he went from um i think it was called mclaren or whatever to the state prison they actually don't have the same mental health facilities because they take care of children but they don't take care of adults you know makes sense like he doesn't have the same access to his health care so he went from being fully medicated to like not getting any medication whatsoever when he was transferred that's got to suck.
1: Yeah, what's What's the point of that, doing all that work and then just undoing it? <laughs>
0: right? And I get it. These are criminals. And these are people who have committed crimes who, generally speaking, deserve to be exactly where they are. Like, I won't say everybody does because we know that some people are innocently accused of things. But when you think about it and you really, like, open your eyes to the injustice that goes on because we don't see it in our everyday eyes, it's kind of sad. <laughs> and it's not talked about. So, moving on, because Kip's story still isn't over. Eventually, he became an electrician with the prison. He's gotten degrees. He's adjusted well, as well as he can. But then what I thought was super interesting was the fact that Kip was actually part of this, I don't know what else to call it other than like a movement, where he was advocating for this bill that was passed in which juveniles cannot be tried as adults there were stipulations to their sentencing and that people would get opportunities to have like a second look at their cases. So this was kind of like super hopeful for Kip specifically, like he was really excited and there was a bunch of other people who would have benefited from something like this happening until at the very last second, it was discovered that it would not be retroactive. So because Kip was already sentenced, even though he would have fit the full criteria beforehand because it happened, because he was already sentenced, because he's already in prison, they were like, yeah, we don't care about you.
1: I mean, that's a lot of work to probably get him
0: out using that right? bill.
1: So, too hard, too
0: much work. Yeah. Well, basically saying, like, they created this bill in which juveniles who commit crimes such as murder have the right to be tried as juveniles, not as adults. Um, They can't be given sentences of life without possibility of parole, and they're offered a second look halfway through their sentence, all of which they decided Kip Kinkle is ineligible for, and I just think it's funny because I'm trying to understand why kids today are any different from kids back then, and I think it's also super sad, but Kip's own sister apparently had some email correspondence with whoever wrote the article and she basically says like i'm not going to tell you that my brother was ever the monster that you think he is because to her and for her he's always just been her brother who did something wrong but has always been mentally unstable and so i don't know it just it kind of sucks for him i guess but it's really hard in cases especially like this one where they had one crime and like I said before, it's not like he was a serial killer who, um, like, went on to have, like, multiple crimes spanned across multiple dates or anything. But sometimes I think we should look at things more from a case-by-case basis. And, you know, I'm all for people, like, actually growing and changing. And it's interesting because um, apparently at the Oregon State Prison or whatever, they did, they had this group where they took, like the worst criminals that they had i think in prison and they did i don't know they did like this focus group or something like that so they took regular people off the streets and brought them in oh gosh and and they made them like sit down and have like conversations with people and i i think it was more i i mean to me it sounds more like like an anthropology type study you know like yeah. a psychology type thing because it said that like the person who sat down cuz you sat in concentric circles right so it's like you have a chair here and a person comes and like sits in front of you and then i think they only had like a certain amount of time and then they would move to somebody else mm-hmm. and the person sat down in front of kip and was like um you murdered your parents and killed your sister's parents how's your sister and kip was just like my sister's the best like what else do you want to know like But just that, like, people automatically assume that he's this, like, heinous monster who's not remorseful and doesn't care
1: about what he did. Hates everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and that he's still, like, this grungy teen who listens to Black Sabbath and is setting books on fire and stuff like that. But that once the whole, like, thing was done, everybody was able to, like, see kip like as a person and not just you know this monster that people wanted to make him Mm -hmm. before we wrap up and give our final thought i just want to share this final quote that was given by someone who like works with kip and has known him over the last 20 years and he said and i quote in oregon kip is the boogeyman that people bring up anytime there's some sort of movement on a juvenile bill that might let people who have long sentences get out earlier To most people, he's just the school shooter from Thurston, but they really don't know Kip Kinkle. They just know his name, end quote. And I don't know. I'll say if I'm honest, after reading this article, it's hard not to have empathy for him because he's an adult now and he has gone through these programs. And I think that it sucks. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's not right. But I think that it sucks that he's done all of this stuff and he never is going to have a shot at real life,
1: you know? And it's just, I think it's interesting to, we have these programs for like rehabilitation into the real world. So it's like, why even have Kip do that? What's the point of having him do it? What's the point of wasting our time having Kip do it? They should have just locked him in a freaking closet, kept him in solitary confinement, not let him see the outside world for the rest of his life if they had, if he had no chance of actually living a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just silly to make him do all this stuff, get his degree, do all these things, and then, yeah. Well, and I think it's really sad because at
0: the end of that article, you know, the interviewer person is kind of asking him questions, and they're like, do you have any hope for the future? And he's like, well, I try to not set myself up for failure and have that that hopeful expectation that someday I'm going to get out of here. But at the same time, he's like, if I didn't have that hope, I'd have nothing like to live for. Yeah. I don't know it just sucks. Do I think that he I don't know. If if there was a way to make sure that he wasn't going to like be a repeat offender, I think that he should be given a shot to try it. Would I trust him to babysit my kids and teach him gun safety laws? Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> do I think that he like you know, do I think that he couldn't be beneficial in society? Who knows? I don't know. It's again after reading that article, it just kind of opened my eyes more of, like, to him as a human being and not just as, like, being labeled for what he did wrong. And I don't think that it's right to necessarily say that he couldn't have a future someday. Do I think he deserves to serve sentences? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, even some of the victims have said, like, well, my, my child didn't get to live a life, so he shouldn't get to live a life
1: because my child lost theirs. And I think that that's valid. I think that's absolutely valid. Yeah, I think that is like a really interesting point. It It is one of those things, if he did have mental health issues, that is just really sad. And even, I mean, even if he didn't, I'm not going to like, I'm not trying to defend him in any way of his decisions. But it, it was one of those things where it was like a split decision, a, you know. One decision, and I feel like it really led down a very dark hill into, you know, others. You know what I mean? If he didn't make that one decision, if he didn't decide to buy the gun, you know, this would have never happened. If he didn't make the one decision to decide to shoot his dad, he wouldn't have to shoot his mom. He wouldn't have to feel the need to go to school and punish other people because he was hurting so much inside. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where – Yeah. But I don't know. Which
0: I'll bring this like last thing up and this could get super controversial, but it just makes me kind of think of like, okay, do we trust drunk drivers to drive on the road safely? No, typically we don't because they're intoxicated. So if Kip has mental health issues, I'm sorry for comparing it to drunk driving, but at the same time, it feels like if he weren't a threat to himself in that way, you know, would it would he be okay to live out in society because like I said like I'm not gonna trust aunt Nancy to drive my kids to school when she's toasted but when aunt Nancy's not toasted sure she can pick my kids up from school and it's not a big deal like I know we're comparing apples to oranges but at the same time I feel like it's kind of a similar thing like if if he was rehabilitated if he didn't have the mental health issues that he had would he have ever done these things probably not Like, would he have ever hurt anybody? Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. But.
1: (sighs) I don't know. I think it'll be interesting, though, to see how, where this article does take him. Um, Kip Kinkle, obviously, he is still fighting for his freedom, however you want to put it. I mean, and like we've all said before, everyone knows there's crazier people that get out on bail or get out on parole and stuff. And yeah, live their life um, pedophiles how about them still living across the street from elementary schools but trying to offer your kids candy yeah i think it's really insane to say the yeah. least it is a really heartbreaking story no matter which way you look at it for all the victims for kip kip is a victim yeah. like i guess in his own mind in his own head even well, if what he, about for his sister you don't too. believe it he is a victim in his own head in his own Brain yeah, of his mental health. Exactly. So, so, so there you have
0: it, friends. Thank you so much for listening with us. We hoped you enjoyed this fantastic episode of Crooked Crime Sisters, and we will look forward to seeing you, listen, having you listen to us next week. Forward, we will look forward to next week. Nothing.
1: Oh, bye, Kip. Bye. <laughs>
0: Bye, Kip. Bye, Kip.